previewing the defense. We're going to go through the, each position group and discuss our expectations. So here we go. Hey, before we get to the podcast, I just want to do make sure I shout out our sponsor, Prime Residential Mortgage Incorporated. They're the Lending with Passion division of Primary Residential Mortgage Inc. Whether you're buying, refinancing, or taking cash out of your home, PRMI can help. Rates are still near all-time lows, and our mortgage experts can help find the best mortgage solution for you. They can help you with purchasing your dream home, an investment property, a vacation home, whatever you need, they can help you with. They have locations all over the state of Texas, but they complete the entire process online, and it's easy, and, and they just love working with fellow Red Raiders. They can be reached at Raider at primeres.com through the website at www.lendingwithpassion.com or by phone at 214-736-9466. So get in touch with them for, for any of your needs for anything like that. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to this week's episode of From Here It's Potable. Hunter carved out um, about an hour of time between Little League games to join us, and Will is back. And we are going to preview the defense. So uh, I guess Hunter, you doing all right? You look a little, oh, his screen's frozen. Oh, is it actually? I, I thought he just looked really depressed for a long time. <laughs> all right, well, yeah, hey, <laughs> there he goes. Oh, there, we go. there we go. <laughs> I was like, geez. I was like, I, I thought that was an okay opening line. And Hunter's just staring daggers into me. <laughs> Do you got like a hot parlay tonight that you're like, lasered in on or what uh no i got i got uh texas in this uh late late night game against pennsylvania I think what was the one what was the one you texted about earlier nicaragua curacao. Curacao. yeah <laughs> put a lot of people on that one we're having That's good right. we're, we're doing good there's only like uh, five games left i think we'll probably win you know like maybe 60 70 percent of the, of the bets you are you're helping Ben create a nice little nest egg to build his family on. So I'm sure he's very appreciative. He better be. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Will, welcome back. Happy to be here once again. Yes. It's back in I was, the saddle. I was thinking about <clears throat> this podcast earlier today. And last year was kind of like this, but I'm as excited to look at the defense as I was the offense, maybe more. And that's pretty rare in Texas Tech fandom, I would say. Well, I mean, how many times, like being serious, like what was the last like defensive coordinator hire that we made, regardless of era, that was on the same like level as, as like poaching somebody like DeRuiter? I can't, I can't name who the last guy with that level of pedigree we had as a defensive coordinator. This, that's probably, this is Hunter's realm here because. You also, because the crazy part is, as Hunter has pointed out, he wasn't even our first choice. <laughs> and he still is one of the best hires that we can remember. Yeah. He's probably like on paper, um, Lyle Suttonsich is probably the last one that was as good. I think he was the he was the defensive coordinator for those Arizona State with Jake Plummer and the, mm-hmm. the Pat. Who's the 
Pat Tillman. Art, Pat, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. Uh, so, yeah, no, no, exactly. I think he, he definitely is the most pedigreed, you know, resume. I mean, we hadn't really hired, I guess, so Gibbs was the defensive coordinator um, when we hired him. Waller yeah. at U of H. Waller yeah. was at Air Force, but he was kind of had limited experience. I thought he was at, what no, was he his was experience? A, he, was the, he was the linebacker's coach at AM. Yeah, right? he, got, yeah. He, had, he had called a defense, though. I got the yeah. only time he called a defense was at Air Force. Yeah. yeah. But the reader, I mean, he's been a head coach. He's called the defense at AM, Cal, um, and Oregon. So, yeah. But like you said at the beginning, I, I don't know what to expect from him. You know, I don't know what we'll see um, as far as like what the defense will look like. Other yeah. Than be an odd man front. Yeah, we'll definitely be odd. I think there there will be times <clears throat> because DeRuiter did this at Oregon where he switched up the front, you know, just to kind of yeah. give the offense something to think about. But with McGuire's influence, I don't think we'll see that as often as you saw it at Oregon because or, or because McGuire likes to run the odd front. And so I think the McGuire influence will limit the times you see the front change. Uh, but that also means we need to start recruiting those nose tackles that Baylor recruited. <laughs> which hey, those, oh, geez. <laughs> those well, are like those the, don't grow on trees, but we well, like absolutely the, need some. The dude they had who's uh his name escapes me, who's the nose tackle this year and was last year that transferred in from LSU. Yeah. That dude is probably I, I mean, he's probably the best like pure nose tackle in the entire country. Which like, is so question. It's weird because the NFL doesn't seem to value those guys anymore. They don't, no. But they are so impactful at the college level. And so it's really weird that, like, a lot of times you kind of see things flow up in football, high school, college, the NFL, and they just – Schematically, yeah. Yeah, but that just that's, – that's definitely a disconnect. I know <clears throat> that the staff wanted one of those guys, you know, to transfer or something. They just never found one. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they cope with that, because I think that's a really important piece into what McGuire wants to do. But then that that is where DeRuiter, I think, is, is his skill set comes in handy because he's done so much. So many. Yeah. I mean, like his A&M defense looks nothing like his Cal defense, which was nothing like his uh, Fresno State defense, which is totally different than his Oregon defense. And he. You know, we talked about this last week with Kitley that he's kind of a the ultimate offensive pragmatist, and DeRuiter's almost the same way. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau, he's got Kayvon Thibodeau, so he's like, all right, we're going to run this. We're going to get this guy sacks. We're going to try yeah. to at least, you know, and and so they kind of lined him up all over the place. I I might I would expect to see some of that with Wilson, honestly, and I guess he did some of that at A and M when he had those guys running through there. Um, well, he had Von Miller his June his senior year at A and M. Yeah, junior year at I think. Yeah, I think so. One of the, he, whichever year, basically, like where he, it was a foregone conclusion he was going to be the number one pick. But whatever yeah. year that was, he solidified that. Um, and so that I do like that about Druder. It won't be one of those things where, if you know, if if this doesn't, if whatever he rolls out there against the NC State doesn't work you know, or he has a couple drives where things look a little wonky. It's not like, well, this is his system and it's not working with this group of players. It's like next week we might see something different, which I think is good considering the roster and they haven't had a ton of time to, to kind of make it what they want. Um, I also yeah. think it's good that he has head coaching experience. Um, like I know that he wasn't McGuire's first choice, but I think it might end up being a blessing in disguise to have a guy like him on staff 
when everybody else seems to be young and relatively inexperienced. We all think they have high ceilings, but having a guy like DeRuiter in the room is probably a really good thing. Because he's also, he's a guy that he's coached in the Big 12. He's coached in Pac-12. And he's, I mean, he's coached in those conferences at the, like, at the highest level where, where his defense was the defense in those conferences. Yeah. Um, and I mean, regardless of what scheme he's going to run, every single school he's been at, at least three of the three of the schools he's been at, his defense went from 100, like literally in the triple digits the first year he was there. Or sorry, the year before he was there. In the first year he was there, uh, most of them ended up in the top 30. That, like, I pe- people need to realize, like, that's not, like, a normal thing that even really good defensive coordinators usually do. We should what know. That, yeah. Because um, what's – you know what's what's insane? I actually did, like, a deep dive, and I was looking at uh, just text like defenses. The best scoring defense we've had uh, since 2009 finished – seventh in the big 12 the best one dang and in 2009 they only finished sixth. so really i mean what it to me what it really says is like you know last year we were always like we were were all like hey man the defense was pretty good i think that don't get me wrong like they were better and i liked more of what they were doing on a regular basis but we still have not seen even truly competent defense be played at this school in you know 15 years at this point yeah and like Hunter likes to say, last year we saw it in pieces. <laughs> yeah, in bits. Real streaky. <laughs> yeah, like some games they won us the game and some games they lost us the game. <laughs> yeah, I'd, really? I'd say uh, our two biggest wins last year, they probably won it for us at U of A. Then they were the first and last game of the year. When, well, and Iowa State. And, and Iowa State they did not. So uh, two of the three biggest wins, U of H and Mississippi State, in my opinion, the defense kind of dominated the games. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, because that Houston, yeah, that Houston game could have been out of control quickly if it wasn't it could have for, been. yeah, the way <clears throat> the way they kind of took hold of it. Um, and so it is interesting because and Hunter, you may need I may explain this wrong, but kind of I guess rehash your I, your theory on how last year's inconsistent defense may be better than a consistent defense. Yeah, so so say you have a defense that's the 75th best defense in the country. Like that's talent and stats. They're the 75th best. Yeah. But half the games, they're literally the worst defense in the country. And then the other half, they're playing as like the 30th best. Right. And, you know, when you, in the aggregate, they're the 75th best is what they turn out to be. But in half of your games, you're going to get a third top 30 defense and you're going to have a really good chance of winning. Now, the other half, you have no chance of winning unless you score every possession. Right. Um, but I think – I don't know. That's kind of, I think we saw that last year. I think we had like an, it turns out, you know, if you look at numbers, maybe like an 80th best defense in the country, but like in four or five of the games, Baylor, U of H, Mississippi state, um, I guess, Kansas. Um, What what are some other ones? Um, Oklahoma state. um, I think they they played as if they were really, you know, really like not that bad of a defense at all, but maybe even upper half in the conference. And then, then there was TCU and Texas where they were, like the worst defense in the country yeah. or Oklahoma. No, you, and so you. it le- if you, ha- but if you have a defense that's 80th and they play like the 80th, every single game, you know, you, you might win like two games. That year, right. Yeah. Unless your offense is playing really well. So I don't, I, I would prefer to have like a top 50 defense that plays like just, uh, you know, competent at, at all times. I think that's the goal. Yeah. Um, but last year, the way they kind of 
just played out of their minds. Even West Virginia, um, you know, played really, really well one week and then just complete no show the next week. I think that allowed us to win to win six games. Yeah, seven games. But, but Taylor, hey, what heck, would you, the Oklahoma would you State game. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Will. My bad. Sorry. No, you're good. What, what what do you think that speaks to though, as far as those inconsistencies? Because to me, that just speaks to probably some inconsistent game planning or some big gambles you took in your game planning. Particularly, what really stick out are those TCU and Texas games where it just seemed like you went for it and it kind of in the worst way as far as your game plan yeah I don't even know and we've talked about it a lot like on the site and just in casual conversation the the Texas game you just couldn't get lined up and so that to me that tells that says that Patterson had this very specific plan that was different than what they had been doing and it just didn't translate and then the the TCU game I I do not know I I I mean I dissected that game from every possible angle and it was literally I don't think like even if TCU knew what we were going to run defensively every play it could not have worked out better for them like it was we just were clearing exactly where they wanted to go it was the most it was the most insane thing I've ever seen um so I don't I honestly don't know how that happens I really don't I definitely think it's it's it speaks to some terrible issue. Uh, and I, and I think that's probably why we had a coaching staff change. You know, I think yeah. it was, I know it happened after the Kansas state, but I think after the TCU one was where it started, it's like, okay, Definitely. guys, you know, you, you hold uh, U of H to, you know, I think U of H's running backs had like one yard per carry. Yeah. In that game. I mean, yeah, it was just yeah. crazy. And we, and we played, it, it was almost like two different defenses uh, or week to week, things would be drastically different. We played a ton of guys against U of H and then by the time we played, we went on the road trip to West Virginia. We had cut our rotation down in half. The guys like Josiah Pierre weren't playing at all. Guys like Boyer Randall. So I don't. That always made me uncomfortable. It's like you spend all off season and you put something out there against U of H, and then like within a couple of weeks you've like scrapped. Okay, that, you've just totally scrapped it. Yeah, and I, I didn't. That that made me uncomfortable. Yeah, it, it never really made sense because it, I just don't understand how. Like I, I think Patterson, I think Patterson has a lot of respect from people who know him around here, and I never knew him personally. Um, it's just hard to square the guy who put together the Oklahoma State, West Virginia, Mississippi Baylor, State, Baylor, Baylor, Houston game plan, but then also put together the TCU Texas game. That just it makes no sense. I, 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 I will never understand yeah. that Oklahoma State game should have been sixty-six to six level. But it, the, your defense made it to where, like, I, I was still there in the second half, which should not have been the case based on how the offense played. And yet the defense kept you in it. And I, and I just – I do not understand. And I even tried to – I even tried to divide it by quarterback play. Like, maybe just elite quarterbacks knew how to pick apart a Keith Patterson defense. But we saw what Texas was running out there every week was not elite – what TCU ran out there every week was not elite. And then, not. and then I think what we eventually landed on was traditional spread schemes was what beat us. Isn't that what yeah. we eventually landed on? It did seem like the, when we got spread out, we could be ran on. Yeah. More like so if, than, when yeah, people when, think of like 2008 to 2016, big 12 offenses. Yeah. Like what's weird though is that is the but that Mississippi State game though like you had them like 
I have like that is one of the most masterful defensive game plans I have ever seen a coach execute. Yeah. Like you knew, like you knew, it seemed like we knew anybody what they were going to run more than half the time as soon as the ball snapped. Like we knew exactly what play they were going to run, how they were lined up. Um, that was a master class in how to game plan against Mike Leach. I do wonder yeah. if because Leach didn't really try to run the ball, if I remember right. And you know, like TCU had the most success running the ball out of the spread. Texas had the most success running the ball out of the spread, and then the play action off of it. So maybe that was, I mean, it might be that simple. <laughs> we couldn't get our numbers right when they went four wide and run the ball. It could be that simple. But I don't know. We're probably wasting too much time talking about yeah. last year. But, but uh, the segue, I, I think, is I've heard McGuire say so many times when, <clears throat> when talking about the defense is like, got to get lined up. We're getting, you know, getting guys lined up. And then when he talked about Kosai Eldridge um, winning a job, I think he's uh, playing outside linebacker. The first thing he said about him was he's so smart. He just – all he does is just get guys lined up. I mean, he's just getting guys lined up. And so I think we've got a guy that understand, you know, understands that <laughs> how important that is, even though it should be. I mean, it kind of goes without saying, like getting lined up is probably the most important thing, right? Yeah. But, uh, sure. I mean, I, 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 talking about – uh, DeRuiter and you know I wonder how much influence um, McGuire will have because I, I I think uh, he's going to be much more inclined to kind of, not meddle but ha- give an opinion on the defensive game plan for sure yeah. compared to Killy what Killy's doing yeah you know I, I, which is weird because DeRuiter is the really seasoned guy and Killy's this young young gun up and comer he's called plays for only a couple of years and and yet Killy will probably just have the whole show to his own and DeRuiter may have mcguire given a lot of input yeah which he's probably going to welcome I, and i think actually in an interview he said he's made that comment you know yes yeah he's liked having mcguire um in there so um yeah that'll be interesting I've, and another thing i've heard him talk about is run fits you know like mcguire is like very keen yeah. on like making sure we're like fitting up the run well which is we obviously weren't in those the two horrendous no. games last year that just tanked us yeah um, we weren't even trying it was almost like we were trying to run blitz and when you try to do that, you get burned as much as you make the. You're either going to get a three yard loss, and I think we saw this. You either got a three yard loss or a thirty yard gain, and there was really no in between. But like it's a pure gamble, yeah. I do think McGuire's experience with Rule and Aranda will help his him with that relationship with Deruder is because it's I know he wasn't the DC ever at Baylor but he was very influential on game plans and the defensive calls and he was working under defensive head coaches so you would think he does have it's the reverse but he does have that experience so that probably helps some um but you're you're right I mean any good defensive coach I've ever heard talk they'll tell you it sounds simple but we do alignment every day. We we have and we all probably when you played in high school, you probably did this. You had the the upside down trash cans as the offensive lineman, and you had the scout team coach coach holding the card up, the scout team guys lined up, and then you the defense lined up. And like that sounds very elementary, but we saw that it is it's, very important. And I'm glad McGuire mentioned it. It's it's really just. It's, it's just sound football. Play yeah. sound football. You yeah. don't need to make huge plays all the time. Just don't give up six, seven, and eight-yard runs all the time. If you <laughs> yes. are giving up two-yard and three-yard runs on a regular basis, then that, that, that honestly, that wins you football games. Yes. That's all you're giving up all the time. Let me ask this. I'm Because I've 
didn't play a ton of football or never coached it or anything. But this, to me, this sounds like common sense. If you have elite pass rushers, mm-hmm. um, guys that can generate a pass rush, like without doing anything crazy, um, you, in my opinion, you are you not more inclined to play just more straight up defense, which then leads to you being getting lined up quicker, being more simple, having less calls, you know, you're doing less things compared to the tech defenses we've seen over the last couple of years, we've had to manufacture pass rush, like, cause we yeah. just don't have anyone. And, sure. and so we're doing it by like getting tricky, sending a bunch of guys, maybe having these complex calls. And, um, and like, is that, a, is that, has that been part of the problem? Because it's, we can't get to generate a pass rush. We're having yeah. to do, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's completely fair. And I guess then the argument is how risky do you want to get? And I think this is what Gibbs fought a lot is Gibbs always pushed back on his lack of blitzing. I remember like people are always hammering like, why doesn't this guy blitz? Why doesn't this guy blitz more? And it's exactly what Hunter just said. When you blitz, I mean, that's the whole theory, the nature of a blitz is you better get to the quarterback because you are vulnerable elsewhere. And, and, and like the good defense, they don't defenses. They don't have to blitz their so defensive for- linemen get, get to the quarterback. And so for this team, we've taken Tyree Wilson. I've, I've heard from people who would seemingly know that they didn't think we were using Tyree Wilson uh, in a way that leveraged his abilities to the fullest extent last year. Mm-hmm. And I would agree. So using using some clues, you know, we've taken Tyree and we've moved him outside more. So I think if, if the new staff has done that, it seems like, okay, maybe that's what they thought was best for him, moving him a little more outside. And we've added Miles Cole, who I, I think may, may take – do what Tyree did last year, for, you know, on last year's team, like play mm-hmm. more inside and more of a five tech kind of a guy, like head up five tech player. Right. And then we, yeah. we moved just Josiah Pierre, who's maybe one of the best athletes on the team to a pass rushing role. And then I think Dimitri Moore, after having uh, not lost, but not, you know, Colt Kosai Eldridge stepping up and winning that linebacker job. Um, Dimitri Moore, maybe more of a pass rushing role. Hopefully, I mean, if if we can be normal, be straight up, and generate a pass rush with Tyree on one side, Pierre on the other side, or some, you know, then that can solve so many problems. Getting yes. lined it will help us get lined up. It'll help us it's, defend the pass. It's, it's it, to me, it's one of the most frustrating. I I guess the place to start is this: over the last, I would say, decade since you had really those guys on your defensive line in that 2011 through 13 run, or even 14 run, when you had, you know, uh, Pete Robertson, uh, Brandon Jackson, you had uh, Gary Hyder. That, those guys are, I mean, those are, those are NFL, like, player, like, quality mm-hmm. players. Sammy Guavin. Um, but, this is, but the problem was this, is that since those guys, you've only ever had on your defensive line at one time maybe – one or two guys who are that level of player. And so, you know, everyone's always like, why can't we rush the passer? It's pretty simple. You just don't, you don't have the, you don't have enough dudes who are capable of rushing the passer There's, at a re- regular basis. It's not really a taught skill. Like no. you can teach a shifty white dude to be a very good receiver. Like he, you can't teach a normal person to rush the passer. Like that is like a God given skill. Um, and yeah, that's exactly, we just haven't had enough of those bodies. Um, and then think about in the meantime, like think about the guys that Oklahoma State, Baylor, and TCU have had running all up and down the front of their defenses. 
they're guys that a lot of the times they're guys you lost out on in the recruiting battles. Yeah. Some of them were pretty close, but guys you lost out on. Also Iowa State. I don't know if you said Iowa State. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. yeah. And they have had some elite guys lately. They may have the best one in the conference this year. I can't McDonald's. remember. Yeah, Will but McDonald's. I can't remember his name. Can't, but yeah. Frustratingly, Kansas State has has always had like two. Yeah. They have one dude. Yeah. Um Heck, we've seen freaking Kansas had Dorrance Armstrong. I mean, like, it's and a- <laughs> uh, and an, uh, uh, what's there's the other guy's name, uh, Neil, something Neil. I, I can't remember what is yeah. off the top of my head, but they had another guy too. But like, they had two NFL quality defensive linemen. Yeah. And you just, you couldn't hit on one, period. Yeah. And I, and honestly, like, we were, we were going to start, you know, we're like we did last week with position groups. So we can just go right into defensive, defensive line. Because yeah. my question for y'all is we don't have the true three, four no's. So I'm interested. I really wish we did because Jalen Hutchings and Tony Bradford would dominate if we did. Like if they were I think your they two would, defensive ends in a yes, three-four. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like they they could get inside of basically anyone. I bet. But since we don't, and speaking of rush, those two can rush the passer from defensive yeah. tackle spots. We've seen it. So I'm interested think, to yeah. see how they use those two because they're unique players to me. Yeah, I think I think Jalen Hutchins would actually play for almost anyone in the country, uh, even like Georgia. You know, I think he would be like a third and long pass rush specialist type guy. He wouldn't play a ton, but I think he would uh, in that in that role, like you mentioned. Who was the um, Cowboys guy, the plants over pills guy? Uh, you know what I'm talking about? They, he was huge dude, played defensive tackle. What no, years? Sorry, go ahead, Hunter. I'll find. I'll find it. That's who <laughs> Hutchings reminds me of. No, but I, I agree. We are light. You know, we're light in at the defensive attack. I don't know. I think uh, that vital Scott. The uh, where did he come from? The Arkansas State. Juco. Yeah, or Arkansas State. That's right. Arkansas transfer. State. Yeah, not sure. What David Irving. David Irving. Ah, uh, okay. He yeah. was like a defensive tackle, pass rush specialist. So anyway, sorry. Continue. The good news is, is uh, Bradford, you know, we're not relying necessarily on a bunch of like uh, young guys like Hutchins and Bradford right. have played just a ton of football. I mean, crazy amount. Yeah. Um, Hutchins, Hutchins has played, they've, they've each played about 1500 career snaps, which is a ton for an interior defensive lineman. That's like, um, that's more than they should, you should probably ever play, even yeah. if you're like a four year starter. Um, but so, we, you know, we've got some guys there. I don't, that's probably the weakest, um, I think it limits the defense to, to some extent on what you can do, but I think it, uh, besides linebacker, probably the weakest part of the team and uh, defense. And, and if that's the case, if the weakest, if one of the weakest parts has Hutchings and Bradford, I mean, that's a, that's okay. Yeah. I do think I wouldn't be surprised if somebody like Phil Bleedy moves to more of that spot than the defensive end spot, considering how they plan on rushing the passer. Cause to me, I mean, he's, he's put on good weight. Like he's, he's 300 yeah, he, pounds. Yeah. He's yeah. a big dude. And so he's I a, would expect, He's the next in line. He, we're, we'll be talking about him in a couple of years. Of here's he's played a ton of football. I mean, he's yes. played a lot. Yeah, and so I think if if he's big and strong enough to play in the trenches with where Bradford and where Hudson's play, that that could easily go from a weakness to we're okay. Like I don't know if it's going to be a strength just because we we don't have the 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 girth, <laughs> but we we do have three guys that can play. It you know. But two, it's like obviously I don't know if he's gonna be anywhere near ready. Uh, probably not for your first half of the season. But 
at some point, I wonder if you just trot sincere Massey out there and you're just like, hey, man, like go plug a hole because you're six five and you're 330. You're he is, a massive human being. I don't understand being a freshman being that big. I do not. I don't. Dude, watching watching him play in high school, like watching his tape, he looks like he should be like the starting like no staff for the Cowboys. Like I mean, he's like a senior in high school. Like I haven't watched much film of his, but like the still shots you see look like that. But the guy who they say is going to play, and this really hurts Hunter and I, our number theory, is Joseph Adedire. And I don't even know if I'm saying that right. I think, I think it's a, a Dady Ray is what I think it, that it, uh, – I think Don that's w- what McGuire said. Don Williams pronounced it a Dady Ray. Like a Dady Ray. A okay. Dady Ray. Yeah, okay. Dady I don't know if that's correct. But he, pronounced, he said a Dady Ray. Okay, a Dady Very similar to Gatorade. So okay. Yeah. But that's the guy who, I mean, Joey's called him out by name, I think. McGuire has said, like, this guy's going to play. I think that so, was also a, that was a massive recruiting win for oh, you to get him at the end. Yes. Maybe our biggest, like, post, I don't even know what day it was. He actually flipped, but big time flip there. But so if, I don't know what that means. It's very similar to the Corey Eakin discussion. If, if he's playing, what does that mean? Is well, he that good? Well, I don't I don't know. Defensive linemen, you, a lot of guys don't play as true freshmen, but if you can be ready to play there sooner than you can in a lot of other positions. If you're if you have the physical like just skill set, it's not as complex as some of the other things. Let's be like as offensive line or like quarterback or even even receivers hard to play as a freshman. But as a defensive lineman, you may not be like reliable to like play like you're not playing like 50 snaps a game, but I guarantee you some of these young guys, if you want to throw them 20 snaps a game, whenever your guy needs a breather, I'm, you know, I, of, of the freshmen we've had in a long time anyway, this is the group where I would be like, all right, you know, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You saying that uh, the snaps per game, uh, I, I think there's a, there's a world that we want to be living in where Kitley's offense is, is really good much better than we have been in the past and maybe goes at a really high pace and it's going to like, and it's going to cause us to be playing on maybe 15 more, you know, snaps or possessions yeah. per game. We have been the last couple of years and that's going to hurt our defense, but yeah. it's a, obviously it's a good thing. If you're scoring a lot of touchdowns, you're okay. <laughs> back out there. Yeah. I'll but take it, my chances, but it could cause us to like, he's like, you're saying the need for, one of these freshmen or someone like maybe someone like an LB more or um, to, to be in a bigger role than maybe we're anticipating. Cause what you're saying, the 20 snaps per game is, is about what uh, the role that bleedy was in last year. And yeah. so you lose, you lose hardly no, anything in uh in who barely played, he played less than bleedy, yeah. but you really, a big piece, which I don't know what happened was Devin drew. I mean, he played a ton, a, a ton of interior <laughs> defensive line snaps for us. So that's, that's really the only thing you're replacing. Evan Drew should have stayed. Like, if this McGuire thing goes how we think it's going to go, he may – we've joked, but he may, like, deserve a statue, you know, for that fit, <laughs> hands-to-the-face call against Kansas State. But, like, that's what he's been reduced to. But Hunter's right. Like, he was a – he was he's a, a very player. good – Yeah, he was yeah. – he was a – your he was, like, your high-end innings eater. Like, yeah. he could play and you didn't was- see a major drop-off. Yeah, so Devin Drew was ninth in, in snaps last year. So he's, it's not like, you know, he played a ton. He's a, that was a big role on our team. I don't think he was, you know, affecting every play. But it, but he, he is someone we're going to be replacing it with. I, 
I would assume Vital Scott is in theory going to be and Bleedy. You know, I think maybe Bleedy yeah. steps into that role. What about uh this this guy is somebody who I think we've all heard coaches, people around the program very high on Miles Cole. Like I think they expect him to get drafted, is what I've heard. Like the coaches are like, this guy will be drafted in April. It's the hard thing for me is whenever you, you kind of go back and look what he did when he was at ULM and that doesn't really like jump off the page at you. Yeah. That's why I was so surprised that the coaches, I mean, it's not just the coaches, people around the program are like, this dude is a game changer. And so it's, I don't know if they, if they just like, we have a specific role, he fits that role perfectly. That's the only thing I can think of. Also could have been that he was at ULM. He was just getting terrible coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. I don't know. Um, but it's just, I think that's, it's interesting to see how much he plays, the impact that he makes, because that's just a name that I think is getting a lot of hype and hopefully it's warranted. I, I just he, don't know. He also is a, a, just like Tyree Wilson, he is a massive human being. Yes. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. That, that, that really helps when you're playing that position. Yeah. Uh, I guess, they're listed as law as linebackers, but let's talk about like the pass rushers. So, um, you know, the, I mean, Tyree Wilson's I'm trying to, or the other ones, I, I was scrolling on my roster. Um, Josiah Pierre's I'm trying to think of who else was listed there. So like you got Josiah Pierre, Tyree, uh, Bryce Ramirez, Bryce Ramirez, that's the one I was forgetting. And, then it and that's, like he's been praised a lot. Right, yeah, I think he's been, he's dinged up right now, or he hasn't been practicing. But nah. he was like the star of the spring. It sounded like which I, made me uncomfortable. But, <laughs> um, and, but then, then I think Dimitri Moore will probably, um, you know, do that play that role as well. Um, we need those guys. I mean, if you could just like wave a wand and be like, what single position can you like have be top three in the Big Twelve? I mean. I would almost roll the dice on like quarterback and, and hope like Shuck is, you know, is really, really good. And I would probably do it at that position group. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe your tackle, yeah. tackles, tackles, outside linebackers, quarterbacks would probably be the top three. The, so I think Tyree and I think we know what we're getting. Um, I, I think that they are going to almost, it's like when you're an offensive coordinator, it's like, I have to get this guy the ball 12 times a game or whatever. I almost think Tyree is that on the defensive line. Like we have to scheme him wins one-on-one -on -one one -on -one. matchups. Yeah. Outside of that though, <laughs> the other guys listed at this position that catch my eye, Josiah Pierre, just because apparently he is a freak athlete. Um, Robert Wooten, who we really wanted out of high school, goes to Virginia Tech but is given the number 51 <laughs> um, and haven't heard anything. I mean, I haven't heard his name. One time. Nope. Cricket. Yeah. Nope. Isaac Smith, who's another one of the, he's six, six, two track star at Oakland. Like I've seen him in clips. From Tulsa. Yeah. And so I'm interested in that. And then also L or, and then LB Moore from Amarillo, who is pretty highly touted coming out of Amarillo and looks like he has like that skill set you want in a, in a player like it, Tyree can't be the only guy, I guess, is what I'm saying. And it's almost you, it's almost similar to receiver. And I feel like we've said this a few times where what do we, we have bodies here that seem like they have good tools, but what, 
who's going to jump up and get snaps, I guess. Earn the, snaps. The, the thing, too, is that this is really where I think that DeRuiter has uh, done really well in the past as far as, like, taking, like, these guys, just finding, like, athletes and just being like, I'm going to put these guys in these positions and give them, like, like you said with, with Tyree, like, get him a one-on-one. He he's great about figuring out how to put athletes in like the right places to make them to, to really just like highlight their attributes and like make them excel. So the exciting thing is, is that you've got a lot of those guys. So there's probably a lot of opportunity here for him to get creative with some packages. Um, and something too, that he's run before. Um, I don't know how, if he ran it much at Oregon this last year, but in the past, he's run a lot of like two, four, five stuff, mm-hmm. um, where he has like he has two defense, like two down linemen. Which to me, you kind of have a roster set up to run a lot of that, where you have where you know it looks more to the naked eye like a it's an even front, um, really is what it is. Where you maybe you have Jalen Hutchings and uh, uh, why can I think of his name? Yeah, Tony Bradford out there. Yeah as your two down linemen. And then maybe you have two of these guys just kind of, you know, running around and, and lining up in different places. You know, I, I think there's some opportunity there. Like two, for, two big bodies and then nine athletes. Yes. Yeah, just just, just five, put all these athletes out there and then we're going to disguise what we're doing. Any one of them could be doing what the other one is doing at any yeah. one point. Hunter, what do you think about this position? Which one are we on? Outside line, pass rusher. You're sending, well, you're sending, well, you're too, you're too busy. You're, you're so deep in Little League World Series. We're talking about the most important. You were just I already saying, talked about it. I already said, I already said, no, you didn't. I want, I need more. I need more from you. I said, this is the spot that I would wave my, the wand to, to guarantee, because I think it's really important, but also we've got some question marks. We're moving guys there. Who's playing the second most snaps at this position? Who do you think? Is it Pierre? Like easy? I think Pierre's – so – I think it's Dimitri Moore. I would think, yeah, Moore. I, would I think, think it's Pierre, Dimitri Moore. Yeah, I think Pierre's one, right? And, and Moore's two? No. I, see, I thought it was – Tyree's one. Tyree one. Right. Uh, to me, I don't know. I could see – I don't – I forgot. The Moore thing is weird to me because he's – He has playing. much more of a background. He has, he has way more like – Proof but on he's, paper to but me he does, it's, it's inside linebacker to me that he's been playing. True. It's also true. That's also true. I don't know. I, yeah. It'll just be interesting to see who comes in after Tyree. And you're probably right. It probably is. I, would, I hope that we have both Pierre and Tyree on the field at the same time. I don't, I, I because if not, then Pierre's going to be playing I guess a, really, that's true. a really small yeah. role. Yeah. I mean, true. Yeah. 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 yeah I guess and if you're, you're if you're in, if you're in more of a true three, four alignment, those guys are probably going to play a lot at the same time. Yeah. But if you're in, a, but if you're, it's, it's going to depend also on what these offenses all look like that you're playing every week. Yeah. Yeah, if you're yeah. in, if you, if you're in more of just like a where you, where you're in nickel all the time, then you're probably going to have Tyree out there, and then you kind of divide the snaps up from there as far as who you're like who the other two linebackers are. Yeah. That, that's that's what I, I just don't really know how he's going to differentiate between his packages and who is where which is why yeah. what we're talking about with the router is like i just don't really know how he's gonna truly like align all this up whenever we get to game time yeah uh and it'll probably depend on like if you're playing iowa state or are you playing tcu like 
you know, Oklahoma State or, you know, one of these teams that likes to use an H back and tight ends or not. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be interesting. Yeah. Um, so let's go to your more your inside linebackers. This is the one that Level said this morning in the the Matador report that he was most worried about this position. Um, just because I guess similar to receiver is you have a lot of guys, but not a lot of snaps after. But to me, receiver doesn't have a Krishan Merriweather. No. I guess you could say maybe Miles Price, but I think Merriweather's more experienced than Price is. And Merriweather's such a weird deal because, you know, two years ago and then, you know, for, for me, he was just as fun of a player to watch as Colin Schooler. Um, whenever he's, you know, locked in and as good of a run, like a, like a defender he is against the rush, um, he's just, I mean, he's one of these guys just like a heat seeking missile. Yes. And so I, I just think that you've got a guy there. And like I said, last year was such a weird deal. Don't really know like how that was all shook out with the coaching staff last year. It sounded like there was some dissension about what his role should be or what kind of player he was. I would um, love to know what why happened. he wasn't play more. Yeah. Like, play more. Yeah. Well, I guess because it was that it was almost I think Hunter's the one who said this. It was almost like he got blamed for the Texas loss. Yeah. Which there's no way that was on one guy. <laughs> there's just no, <laughs> no, no not way. at all. So it, it it'll be it I would love to know what happened there. Cause what it was after Texas, right, Hunter, where that's what it was Merriweather basically like didn't play again until the bowl game or Baylor. Yeah, he yeah, he lost a ton of time. I think he played like four or five snaps in a West Virginia game. Him and uh, Randall both took the yeah, that's right. That's he, the other one. He still finished with uh intent. 10th in total snaps played but uh he played seven the week after he played seven snaps after texas after playing 34 after averaging in the mid 30s and yeah. then he played 16 the next week against tcu and so it wasn't his fault obviously <laughs> in that game too. and then interestingly after that game he started playing again yeah by the, time, the baylor game I mean, he played every snap in the baylor game so i mean i like it i don't think i think i think maybe he has limited like um like speed, like straight line speed. Coverage. But, yeah. but um, I think you can work around that somewhat. I mean, um, you've got to have somebody in the middle who can tackle. Yeah, and, fill, fill gaps. Yeah, and I think he's that guy. Plus, he's I, do, old. I mean, he's, he's yes. been around. Yes, yeah. he has. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see who plays alongside of him. Um, because I know, like, Rodriguez. Jacob Rod- huh? Rodriguez, right? I get, I mean, that's, it's wild to me that it's not Dimitri Moore. I guess like I don't maybe, and again, maybe that maybe it ends up being um, because it's yeah, m- maybe it ends up being. Yeah. I mean, but it, it does seem like it's Rodriguez or Cosa. I mean, what Eldridge did you play too? Yeah. My, I, I guess it might be Cosa Eldridge. And then you're looking at your next two off the bench are Dimitri Moore and Jacob Rodriguez. Um, I guess would make sense, but it's, and then I, and I, I'm pretty sure I've heard Ty Canna is going to play. And so I guess you've got you've got young talent there. It's just – You've also got a couple of old – just old guys there. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like, like I said, you know, Kosai has been a guy that's been around for forever. He hasn't – honestly, he hasn't made much of an impact yet. So, you know, him possibly winning a job, you know, how does that make you feel? Is that just, hey, you know, it's just finally his turn? Or is that just a, hey, there isn't really anybody else here to – I, I would say, as weird as it sounds, linebacker's been a spot where it, it has been difficult to get on the field. I mean, you've had yeah, Jordan Brooks, Rico Jeffers, Colin Schooler, 
um, Krishan Merriweather, Dakota Allen. So it could be a waited your turn type of situation. Kind of thing. But I yeah. do see what you're saying because you've got Tyreek Matthews, Bryce Robinson. I mean, like the, uh, these guys have been around. I was pretty excited when they signed and there kind of hasn't Just been kind of crickets. Yeah. Nothing yeah. there. I, I do. I've, I've, have we heard anything about Matthew young, the New Mexico state transfer? I think he's out for the year. Ah, then that's why we haven't. Okay. That makes sense. Cause he like, he, we haven't he, heard much about Tyreek Matthews. Who's that's here. what, yeah. Just Taylor just said. Yeah. That's what I just said. Mr. Little league. <laughs> no, uh, but that he's one of those guys who's been around forever but just hasn't yeah. ever made an impact. Um, yeah, th- this is an interesting group. And I guess it's a good transition into the secondary because if this group turns out to be bad, it's we can play more defensive backs. <laughs> and I think, yeah. I think we'll be okay. Like, we'll just, you know, we'll play another safety and we'll figure well, and, it out. And the good thing is I think in our um, – we have some good tacklers in our secondary too. Yes, like absolutely. Like Pearson – and if he's playing in the box, I mean, you're not losing a ton by having him there yeah. instead nope. of a linebacker. And you and know what? You know, Marquise Waters the same way. And Dadrian Taylor. Yes. Even though he's a little kind of a smaller build, he can tackle. I mean, T- Taylor basically played linebacker in a lot of Patterson stuff. He was like that, you know, line, you know, on the line type safety. So, but this group, I mean, it, when was the last secondary that was this good? Probably the 09, the 09 or 08 secondary was probably the last one that you were like, they got it. They're good. And are we are we sure they're good? We're sure they're good, right? I don't know. I, I mean, I think I think they're better than what we're used to. They're more experienced than, than what we're used to. I think Rayshad Williams um, is really is good. Yes. He's a legitimate uh, big 12 corner. He's played a, a ton of football. Um, he DeMarcus was really Fields, good to end last year, too. Yeah, losing fields is a problem, I think. Yes. I, yeah. yeah, God love Eric Moore. I, I mean, Eric Monroe played a ton, but um, I don't it know. It was if he's real that, up and down. And yeah, so, I don't know if he's that big of a loss. Yeah. Um, but I think we're probably the least talked about. I mean, Marquise Waters is one of the best players in the ACC for – for a couple of years. Yeah. And so he it was good last, last year until, yeah, until he got hurt. hurt. But yeah. I mean, he, he could, it's not out of the question for him to be like a real, real player back there. Yeah. One of the best, one of the best in the conference. He's like 24. I mean, yeah, <laughs> there's a, I think there's a lot of potential uh, to be really, think, really good. And the thing too is, or go ahead. I'm sorry, my bad, Hunter. I didn't mean to cut yeah, you I mean, I'm just, just, there's so many, even like Adrian Fry has played a ton of football. I mean, yeah. Uh, there was like literally five years ago, he was our best cornerback. Yes. Five <laughs> that is when what you put it like you? that, that is shock. Was that the year he was a freshman all American? Yeah. Yeah. In 17. Yeah. yeah. That's so crazy to think about. Um, and Dad- and, but I think Dadrian, I mean, people might say Dadrian Taylor is the best one. I mean, he, he went to big 12 media day. He's yeah. the one on some of these lists that you see. He played, you know, the six most uh, snaps last year. He had the highest, uh, PFF grade of anybody. Wow. I mean, he, people might, I mean, it's not crazy to think he's the best one we got back there. And then we, we haven't said, I barely mentioned him. You know, Reggie Pearson started as a true freshman on like a top 20 Wisconsin defense. <laughs> that is also he, wild. He, you know, and he to, credit. 
to his credit, he got way better towards the end of last year. I yeah, I he made a I was ready. Jump. I was ready to cut ties after like I think maybe it was Texas or TC. He just looked lost back there. Yeah, I think I think you know he sat out a year and he he was a little too big. I th- and, and some of the pictures that we've seen from he looks like he slimmed up quite a bit. Mm-hmm. And um, I, you know he took a year off from football and like maybe wasn't ever going to play again. So that's, it's not out of the question that he just you know, wasn't in as, as good a shape as he. Yeah, that's fair. That's, that's fair. But he brings the freaking the wood. <laughs> that I mean, hit has, on the goal he, line. He has reckless abandon. Yes. Flying around. And then you know, speaking of, he was described as quote unquote, bringing that boomstick was uh, that's how Adrian Taylor described Tyler Owens. Who's okay. One of those, like Easter guys. I'm glad you said this because he's playing safety. I assume he's playing the Eric Monroe position. Like, yeah, I don't think he's the, the headhunter role. But it's yeah. how big of a gap is there between Eric Monroe's 40 time and Tyler Owens' 40 time? Probably have uh, a, <laughs> a large gap. I mean, which is. Which again is not to talk even like talk bad about. Eric it's almost Monroe. it makes it's, it's, it more impressive what he did. Yeah, yes. the yeah. fact that he was as slow as he was and played that many snaps and looked pretty okay. It's it's honestly impressive, <laughs> but it's yeah. just wild to me that Tyler Owens is like a legit speed guy. And and then too, um, and I mean you know another guy to talk about as far as just like he can be a potential matchup problem for other people depending on the team is like Malik Dunlap is a massive human being and he fast is, yes it's like they, it's like if you line him up at corner and if it's like something that hasn't seen him before I guarantee you a lot of receivers are going to walk up and be like what the hell is this yeah. like who is this guy they have lined up in front of me I assume yeah. he's the corner opposite Williams right? uh, no, I think he's the third he's listed as the third corner was what I saw in the most recent one. It was who Rayshaw Fry, and oh, then Fry. But but I, I I mean I could see him being the guy opposite of Williams with yeah. Fry like guarding someone in the slot or something. But that I that mean, makes more they, sense. They so. said in the I forget who it was. Somebody said that we had clocked him this fall at twenty three miles an hour. Whew. I mean he's like two hundred plus pounds. He's huge. You know who's not going to be saying what Will said is the NC State guys. Yeah. They, yes. Their receivers, if they're old enough. They're pr- probably pretty familiar with him. Yes. Yeah, yeah I forgot that he true. was. And then I think the one spot we didn't have in our secondary was like a true nickel corner type. Uh, and we added that with the Wyoming Blanken. Blanken Baker. Baker. Yeah. Blanken Baker, yeah. Sorry. Who's, I think, even playing some safety too. But, I mean, he's played a lot of football, a ton. On And Wyoming has had, like, surprisingly decent defense over the last couple of years. I and, this is the best secondary. I mean, you we they the problem here with evaluating the secondary is um, pass rush. You can't rush the passer yeah. if if like if the game state. You know, if like if they're not able to run the ball or if we're like winning by like two or three touchdowns, um, and so the other team is throwing it a lot. I mean, we could they could still get torched sometimes. You know, and that's the nature of playing secondary too. Yeah, but, but I, I think. I, I believe it's yeah. as good as a group as we've had. It's, the thing I really like, though, is the fact that because of how old all these guys are, I guarantee you DeRuiter is going to be able to do a lot more as far as, like, disguises. These guys, like, these guys will be able to go up there, and I'm sure he's going to be able to just kind of put a lot more exotic packages as far as, oh, cool, 
looks like we're in quarters. Nope, I'm in cover three. Or, hey, Which, you think I'm in cover two? Nope, I'm actually in quarters or things like that. Patterson was doing that before the injuries, and it looked yeah. good. It, it looked really good. I think maybe the biggest testament to the depth and the bodies and the skill we have in the secondary is how many years would Marion Horn play? Oh, oh, that's good. Yeah. I mean, like, but he, he probably won't see the field this year. In 2016, he would be starting. Yes. In 2016, he would have started. He would have been a starter for most of Cliff's teams, I think. Yeah. Or, or how many years are you taking a guy like Nate Floyd, who's a decent athlete, and moving him to receiver, like moving a corner to receiver? Right. You know, that's a good we, point. Yeah. Normally, we've had multiple receivers become defensive backs over the yes. last couple of years. Yeah. Terrible sign. <laughs> but him, uh, Floyd going because like Floyd played in a game last year at, yeah. at West Virginia when we had all those guys get hurt. Yes. And Kobe yeah. Miner did too. Yeah. I think Kobe Miner plays a ton on a lot of the defenses we've had in the past. Yes. But I don't know. I don't know if he does for this team. I, I've heard it, people mention his name, but you're probably right. He, he might have like a Phil Bleedy role last year in the secondary type situation. Landon Hullaby Hullaby is another one like, Marion Horde and Landon Hullaby would be playing on the 2016 defense. Like they would be starters. And and now they they probably won't see the field, which is he's, so he different. had an injury in the spring as well, right? Hullaby. Well, he he's a freshman. Did he enroll early? Yeah. I don't, I don't yeah. Okay. But yeah, I mean, those were highly touted secondary guys who we don't usually get. And Talk now about, they'll be able to sit. How does this make any sense whatsoever? So Malik Dunlap played 122 snaps last year. And I, I think it was Dadrian Taylor. He made a comment about someone either asked him about Malik or just brought him up. And he said, you know, this new staff, they've done a good job of kind of like loving him up, like uh, giving him confidence again. I'm sure he's like, what? I, I thought he was for sure going to transfer just because he just never played. Yeah. Year. Um, so he plays 122 snaps for us last year on a defense that we've talked about had some problems yeah 311 as a true freshman at nc state and then played 460 as a sophomore at nc state and he didn't i mean he played a third of what he did as a true freshman last year for us it makes sense. kind of like it's like the Krishan merriweather thing where you're like why is this guy not playing more it almost it almost seems like him and maybe merriweather to an extent has a skill set that guys like mcguire and deruder know how to use like it's almost just pure athlete i have to think that blanchard and mcguire when they got to see our team for the first time one of the first things that yes. that occurred to them was like who is that guy why is he why do why i why is he not playing why is he yeah. not playing yeah. like what's wrong with like i, I mean i think pierre and dunlap are probably the two where they were asking those questions about you're that's a great point because those are two that those are the two guys like they're recruiting right now like that that's like the model exactly. <laughs> fast <Exactly>. big strong <laughs> yeah that that's a really good point and so it'll be interesting to see it's they're not like reclamation projects but it it just happens sometimes like some coaching staffs and coaches and schemes work better for some people. Like some coaches are scheme guys. Like I need these players to run my defense and some to work. Yeah. yeah. And some coaches are player guys. Like I'll take these players and scheme with them. And like, I, I mean, Dunlap's a guy, it seems like is worthy of scheming around. And to me, it's like, 
if you know if you don't have a spot for him at corner, you're like, oh, that's not going to work. Well, play the dude at linebacker. Like, figure <laughs> it out, or like play him at safety. Like, just yeah. find somewhere to plug him in. Like, because he's what he's what six two. I think he's, he's they, have like, it, they have him listed as six three two fifteen. And and you can't say, tell me that guy. You can't find a role for that guy. Yeah. They said he's one of the fastest guys on the team. They said that last fall that he was one of the fastest guys on the team. So weird. Makes sense. Maybe it was Pat, and maybe too with Patterson's defense. Maybe it was a thing where it's just some guys are just like, this just doesn't like jive. Like it's a me. lot. Like, I don't I don't get it. Yeah. It's a lot. And that's why he had to shrink his rotation, I think, is because there's a lot of a lot of stuff going on. It's not like Right. And DeRuiter's is fast. kind of, <laughs> for, for my understanding of reading everything, DeRuiter's is kind of the opposite where it's much more, yeah. it, it's kind of like in the Mike Leach vein of thinking where I'm going to throw a dollar different stuff that looks a lot different at you, but it really is pretty simple. Yeah. It's, it's the equivalent of running four verts out of 17 formations, yeah. basically. Right. Yeah. Exactly. That's On the, the defensive yeah. side. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I was looking through the list. I don't think there's any young guys that are going to play like, I don't even know how much somebody like Tyler Owens is really going to play. To me, I was wondering, would he be a kickoff return candidate? I don't. I honestly don't well, know. That's why I'm I asking. think Koi Eakin is handling returns. Okay. Or punt returns, at least. McGuire said that we would play between 19 and 23 guys on defense. And when you, if you take a stab at, like, listing those out, Tyler Owens is in it, um, in that top 20. But there are no – I mean – there's nobody that you haven't heard of, wouldn't think of, or isn't obvious that's in that list. That's probably a good thing. I mean, it's yep. all upperclassmen guys that have played a ton or played somewhere else a ton. And so I, that is a low number. I, you know, I, um, we played like, we played tw- 25 guys last year, 25 to 27. Yeah. And then yeah. after, after the Texas game, we played about 18 or 19. You know what, too, what's interesting in that, though, too, is what I think of where that number might come from and might adjust is whenever is like at Baylor, you know, they played a – they're playing a spread offense. Don't get me wrong. But it's a much more like power smash, like, uh, you know, it's, it's a much more like methodical, they're just going to run it down your throat kind of offense. It's yeah. not at all what like Kitley's running where it's it might be a thing of like – I don't know if he'll do it like Cliff did where the goal really was like we want 100 snaps a game on offense because if you're running that offense you're you have to play 26 to 28 guys on defense for it to work you have to yeah yeah it i do think we will see a more uh a a smoother marriage of schemes like i i think offense and defense will work together when a lot of times under wells it kind of felt like those we couldn't we never played a game where the offense and defense played well. It was this the defense carried us or the offense carried us. And it yeah. and I, I think I don't think that's an accident. I think marrying your offense and defense and your schemes and working together is an art. I think there's an art to it. And it definitely seems like McGuire is trying to get that done, but it's not right. Easy. Um, and the thing, and I mean, the thing about your two schemes are your offense coordinator is that Kit Lee. He's an aggressive play caller. Yeah. The thing about DeRuiter is, is traditionally he is a defensively, he is an aggressive defensive play caller. So if those two things are playing off each other, then you should have some like, you know, you should have some, uh, it should sync up pretty well, I guess is the easiest way to say. It, it does fit on paper for sure. Yeah. Um, all right. So we'll end this like we did. 
with the offense, what does success look like for the defensive unit this season? And like I said, it could be a statistical one. It could be a feeling. Like, I, for me, I think success – I would like to see more consistency. And I, and I acknowledge what Hunter said, like consistency is not always good when you're consistent, you're bad. <laughs> if you're bad. But I think, and maybe I have tech glasses on, but it just seems like when like going through the roster, like we just did, you are good enough to have a top 50 ish defense. And if you have a top 50 ish defense, I want to see it be consistently top 50, especially with Kitley's offense. For, for me, I think what it is, uh, and we haven't seen it around here again in probably since 2012 and even probably really since 2009, just play consistently sound defense. Just do what makes sense. You know, like don't, <laughs> yes. like don't, don't give up 20-yard runs because you had some stupid mess up on fifth. Now, don't get me wrong. There's going to be every game. That's part of it. You're going to have something where somebody don't look. Yeah, but the but film shouldn't look, look like it way. did against TCU. No. Yeah, just look. Just look like. Just line up where you're supposed to line up, and everybody just do your job to a competent level. Yeah, like if you get beat, that's one thing, but don't yeah, beat yourself. Sure. Yeah, no, I, do not I beat that. yourself. Yeah, just play competent level defense. If you play competent defense, I think you're going to which. If you look at anything that Tim DeRuiter's done in the past, his like again, his defenses make these outrageous jumps, regardless of what the personnel looks like. Whatever situation he comes into, they always make these massive jumps in year one. Um, so if you do that, then I think you're going to be in really good shape this year. Yeah, on that side of the ball. And mine would be um, to allow a touchdown on a third or less of big 12 possessions that would that would be that would have been seventh in the big 12 last year that's nine i mean seventh that would have uh ut was 33.7 so we would we would have been ahead of them their defense was not very good we were we allowed it on about 43 percent last year which was second to last a little bit ahead a little bit behind tcu and way ahead of kansas yeah because i think if you do that we were last in turnover percentage so um so when you're, I mean, so just doing the math there, if you're forcing the fewest turnovers, allowing the most touchdowns on per possession basis, it's, that's terrible. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm hope I'm assuming there's no way we finish last and turnover rate again. So if we can have that, it's, you know, it's a top, I'm asking for a top five big 12 defense. Yeah. That would be just asking a lot. I think, yeah. I mean, yes. I think that's asking a lot. but, 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 but is, is there, and I think this is also a great, like, thing to like wrap up on is there an offense in the big 12 that really really like scares the crap out of you like is there one that you're just like bro like this is going to be a bear to deal with is there one oh you i don't there's players i don't know if there's an offense you know like like nobody can tackle b john robinson but but i'm not necessarily like and and nobody can, can stay in front of xavier worthy but am i like scared of their off of ut's offense like not really but I, I, that's a good question. There really isn't. I don't. No. I mean, because uh, I say OU, but I mean that's space that's making a leap on Dylan Gabriel, and it's also a leap that you think Jeff Levy is going to do what he's done at Ole Miss and Baylor and other places where he really hasn't been. Don't get me wrong; like he's quote unquote running the show, but he has some like masterminds backing him running those yeah. shows. Yeah, oh for sure. Yeah, 
yeah, no, that, that, that's a good. I, I think, I think it's fair to say that the, the offense, and this has been a trend now, right? For for the last couple of years, is like offenses in the Big Twelve kind of coming to earth, and like, and maybe not even coming to earth. It's just like the defenses too have been getting so much better, and there's been yeah. like so much innovation coming out of the Big Twelve. The um, the two teams that played in your in your title game had were both in in the top ten in scoring defense in the country last year, Baylor and Oklahoma State. Yeah, they That's were wild. Yeah, they were number one and two in defensive touchdown rate, points per drive. They, you know, Baylor forced the most turnovers per game. Um, yeah, and they were also Baylor was they were like bottom half offenses yeah. <laughs> in terms of points per drive. Yeah, I mean, what in two thousand. 17 that game would have been 55 63 or something and then last year it was you know low it was what it was i mean that that kind of makes that kind of changes things um i mean i mean i think that changes things for me somewhat i mean just thinking about that um i agree there are there are players that scare me but i don't know that there's one coordinator who i'm like bro this guy is going to be a menace to scheme around like whatever he's doing every week I don't know if there's one. I think it makes me think our defense needs to play well, like in in, in a lot of these games um, to really hold their own, you know, not, not because I can, I think in the past we're, we're saying like, just get a couple stops, you know, you know, like (laughs) like the mindset is, is, you know, let's get a couple stops here. Uh, Whereas I think, you know, week in and week out, the mindset could be like, no, no, man, well, let's, you know, let's hold them to 20 points. Right. I mean, we should be able to do that. Yes. And I guess even with that, it has me interested. Like, where would, if we were a Baylor pod, what would, like, if, and then we'll ask that question, what offense is scary? Would Texas Tech's come up? No. Yeah, I don't think so. But I would say you have the coordinator that probably everybody else gives the most pause because he's had the most individual success out of the gate of all the other coordinators. Yeah. And I guess you could kind of, you know, ex- make excuses. Well, it was at Houston Baptist and Western Kentucky. Western Kentucky. He's had one quarterback. Yeah, and he's had one quarterback. True, but yeah, that that's an interesting thought. Um, but yeah, I don't know. So, what do we got? Definitely laughing at the thought that we think that we could play top five defense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mean, that yeah, that's although that's definitely true. Yeah, although they'd had all they have to Baylor, all they have to do is watch the tape last year. I mean, we. They had as much success against, uh, you know, they had as little success, I guess, against us as they did against pretty much anyone moving yeah. the ball against their I mean, now starting quarterback. I guess it I depends mean, on it depends on who's talking. Texas and TCU would laugh at that, but yeah, Baylor might not. Is it was just such. A I guess, and the, and I guess too, people are probably gonna. It depends on who you ask. People are probably gonna tell you that Riley at TCU might be the best coordinator in the league, or Levy at OU, but. The Riley at TCU one, I probably would balk at. So, yeah, yeah, because you could almost have the same excuses with him that you do about Kip yeah. lower yeah. level, that kind of stuff. All right, well, this Zoom's about to run out of time. Um, but so, what do we got? We got next Saturday. That's right. That it? Game week next week. Game week next Game week. week. All right. Now, now I will. Uh, I just. I recently learned that Murray State had a football team. And so now I will try to uh, see what they do. Do they run the triple option, Hunter? They seem like a triple option. Type. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't think so. All right. Well, all right then. Well, we will uh, see y'all next week.
But you walked into the spot From here it's potable These nerds nerd out a lot If you are a big tech nerd But you walked into the spot These nerds, these nerds nerd out a lot. Go, Taylor. Go, Hunter.